let's steer into now the provincial election coming up on June 2nd and how that affects condominiums. Hello and welcome to the Grand River Condo Procast. We are the Grand River chapter of the Canadian Condominium Institute. This is a show for condominium owners, directors, managers, and professionals who want to learn more about what it takes to live and work while being successful in this world of condominiums. We all know that living and working in the condo industry is fantastic, but it's also hard work and not always easy to navigate. And you as an owner, director, manager, or professional may not always know where to turn for answers. Well, you've come to the right place. This ProCast will gain you access to industry experts who know the ins and outs of condominiums. You'll also get answers from your peers about how they deal with everyday problems like pets, security issues, legal matters, and more. This ProCast will mainly focus on the Waterloo, Kitchener, Guelph, Cambridge, Brantford, and surrounding areas as that is where our chapter is located. Each episode will have a different host and a special guest. We have some great episodes in the works and we can't wait to share them with you. Make sure to subscribe for future podcasts. And if you're not a member of CCI Grand River Chapter, make sure to head over to our website at cci-grc.ca to join. Until next time, thanks for listening. Welcome to the CCI Grand River Podcast. My name is Michelle Dyer, and thank you so much for listening. So the provincial election is only weeks away, and the campaigning has started, but how does that affect you, the condo owner, or you, the condo manager? What about board of director elections? How does that affect condo owners and managers? To discuss just that with me today is Michelle Kelly. You should be no stranger to Michelle. She is the CCI Grand River Board of Directors President and partner at Robson Carpenter Law Firm. Probably should have introduced the legal part first. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for chatting today, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Let's start with elections that most impact condo owners, and that's the Board of Directors election. What is a Board of Directors at a condo? The board of directors is the uh, body of people who are in charge of running the condo, the day-to-day sort of decision-making. It's typically three to five, but can have really any number as long as it's in your bylaws as to what that number is going to be. Okay. And how does one become part of the board of directors? That's where it gets hinky. Here we go. Everybody sit back, kick back, grab a coffee, because this one's a good one. So there, there are a couple of ways. The most common way to become a director is to be elected typically at an annual general meeting by your fellow owners. And there is a second way. If there becomes a vacancy for some reason, someone resigns early or whatever it is, the remaining board members can actually appoint someone to the board, but they only fill that position until the next annual general meeting when the owners would elect to fill that position. But it's generally an election by your fellow owners. So is it like the elections we're seeing now where you can put up signs everywhere and say, vote for me, I'm Michelle, and I want to be your board president? Does it work like that? It could. I would say, in my experience, there's it's usually the opposite. There are not enough candidates for the positions. Nobody seems to want to be on the board. It's you know a thankless job that doesn't pay well. <laughs> it doesn't pay anything for the most part, right? 
Yeah, that's correct. But I would say in some condos, it is a very heated sort of election and there's campaigning going door to door or posters and flyers put up and all kinds of things. So you could have, you know, multiple candidates running, but it doesn't tend to be the case. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I say, okay, I want to be on the board of directors. And you put your name forward. Um, we've already talked about AGMs and, and how people can put their name forward. But most people have to stand up and say some kind of speech. You have to introduce yourself. You got to let the owners know who they're voting for. Do you recommend people stand up and say, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm about and give all of their you know, nitty gritty details? Or what do you do to ensure that you get those votes as a board of directors for a condominium? When I'm chairing the meeting, I do typically at least offer every candidate a minute or two. It kind of depends on how many candidates there are and how much time we have. Just to introduce themselves, any experience they have, you know, what their goals might be so that people can understand who they're, you know, voting for. But the other thing that I've seen a lot of condos do in the last few years that I find pretty helpful is actually they put in like a resume in the packages that go out because a lot of voting is done by proxy or advanced voting these days. So if you wait until the meeting to let people know who you are, you've probably lost a significant number of the votes already. So those are kind of the two that I I find are used the most in condos. Yeah, the idea of a resume coming in or at least a synopsis of your background or information about yourself to go out with the AGM package gives people the opportunity, like you said, to read through that first And then if you know, you stand up at the AGM and say, okay, this is who I am, it might give people the opportunity to ask you a couple of questions that you know, you don't want to leave too much because you could get into the nitty gritties of everybody's life if you do that. But at least there's that opportunity to be prepared when you walk into the AGM. So that impacts condos per se, as their regular day to day occurrences are governed by the board of directors. Let's steer into now the provincial election coming up on June 2nd, and how that affects condominiums. The biggest impact I think that as a property manager, I remember is the candidates knocking on doors. Because technically, in most condominiums, you're not allowed to have solicitors. However, you must make an exception for candidates. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. The Condominium Act and then also individual legislation that governs provincial and federal elections, it does require you to allow in the candidates themselves, but also representatives of the candidates. And there's things you can do, right? Like, so you can say between nine and nine, I think is the general hours for federal and provincial during the week. You can ask for ID, right? You can, you know, make sure that they are who they say they are. And then in the case of a representative, you can even ask them to provide written authorization that says they are actually a representative of the candidate. And you can even limit what they're there for. So the legislation says, okay, they can come in to do the door knocking or to deliver flyers, but, you know, they're not really supposed to be doing other things. Like they shouldn't be using the amenity pool or something like that. (laughs) It's it's quite limited in what they can be doing. Come on. No, I haven't heard of that one, but I have heard of them wandering throughout, you know, amenity areas and things. It's a little bit, you know, I think that goes outside of the scope of what they should be doing, but you do have to let them in. <laughs> I would love to see a candidate jump in one of the pools. <laughs> right? Or they're working out in the gym or, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That would. Yeah. And it's like, who, who are you? Oh, I'm the candidate for, you know. Oh my gosh, that'd be funny. One of the things that I always found challenging as a property manager, and I know other property managers find this challenging as well, is the fact that a lot of the buildings in the Kitchener, Guelph, Waterloo, Cambridge area that we service don't necessarily have a concierge or a building manager on site. So one of the things that I did personally was I did a keyless code entry 
for the candidates only. I had it governed that they were allowed to come in between noon and six, I think is what the boards chose. The code was only available between 12 and six, and I could see how many times it was used. And then I could see the cameras as to what candidates um, had come in. So is that something that you, from a legal standpoint, could recommend? Or is that something that I probably shouldn't have done? (laughs) No, I think it's a good idea because you're giving them that access to the building that they want, but you're not putting owners in the weird position of checking ID or letting strangers in, which, you know, most condos say not to do right? They've got signs up that say, don't let people follow you in sort of thing. Right, so right. yeah, I think that's proactive. I think it's a great way to, to give them access without having that concierge or somebody to let them in. One of the other things people should realize is that if you are going to allow that, then I was pretty strict on days that they were allowed to do that. And the time I was a little militant, because I felt that eight o'clock at night, don't knock on my door, especially in, a, in an apartment condo where it's a little more difficult to get everybody kind of settled down anyway. There's lots of noise, lots of activity. Everybody can hear everybody. So I was really limited into when they were permitted to come in. And I also had a notice screen. So I would say to them, okay, you may receive a knock on the door from candidates between this time and this time on this day, this day, this day. If you hear any other day, call me. (laughs) And then that candidate and I would have a little chat. Again, is that something that you recommend, like giving owners a heads up that this is coming? Yeah, I, I definitely. I think anytime you're doing anything or people are going to be in the building that people aren't familiar with, notice is a great idea. Can you restrict their hours? I would say the legislation says no, but I think it's more of a discussion with the candidates, right? I think most candidates would take that as, you know, good advice that they don't want to be coming in interrupting people when they're trying to get their kids to bed or whatever it is, because it's probably well, not going to go it. well for them getting the votes, right? I was good though. Like I'm going to throw just me so that I don't, (laughs) I don't throw myself under the bus, but I was good. And like Saturdays were good. Or, you know, if it was one in an evening, okay, you have between five and eight, like we just kind of restricted it that way so that they weren't getting a bunch of knocks at a door from five o'clock till 10 o'clock at night. And they knew that people were coming in. And, and when somebody came out of their doorway and saw somebody in the hallway that, you know, they weren't sure about, you know, they would see their candidate badge because, you know, I said, you're lucky you have to wear badges. You got to let people know who you are or else you're going to get bylaw and police officers coming in to see who you are. So yeah. I think that it worked. And the candidates at the time were appreciative of the fact that we were allowing this kind of within this time frame, so that they too knew when they were able to hit a whole bunch of buildings all at once. My portfolio had a concentrated area. So I was able to say, okay, you can get into this building, this building, this between this time go, (laughs) you know, and it seemed to work really well. So one of the things that always comes up, always, whether you're in a mid rise or a townhouse complex or any kind of condo complex, really signage, signage is not allowed, no matter what, except in an election, correct? Yeah, I would say that's a good interpretation of the law. I would say there's a bit of a difference provincially, federally, as far as the legislation, the provincial legislation is, is silence, at least the last time I looked at it. So it's not really prohibited or permitted, right? They kind of leave it up to the municipalities and the individual condos. But I would say most condos have rules that say you can't put signs and things in the windows, especially high rises, right? You can only have the off-white curtains showing or whatever it is. I think it 
makes sense to permit people to exercise, you know, their rights with respect to election signage, assuming it's a reasonable size and it's not illuminated. Looking at those kind of municipal bylaws as guidance. <laughs> illuminated. Can you imagine? Vote, vote, vote. <laughs> this big, giant flashy sign from 10 floors up. Yeah, I, I'm sure that it happened at some point, because if you look at all the municipal bylaws, they all prohibit eliminated election yeah. signs. So clearly, at some point, somebody was having some fun with their signs. <laughs> Can an owner fight back, like on that particular incident? If I wanted to post, you know, my sign on my front lawn, and the property manager says, sorry, you have to remove that sign. Can they push back on that? Should condo managers and boards of directors be reasonable about the signage? Yeah, there's there's always a requirement to be reasonable in dealing with the enforcement of rules or even just permissions and things like that. So that's why I think, you know, it's it's generally better to discuss the terms of them allowing, you know, allowing them to have that sign as opposed to just saying, no, you can't have it. Right. So what a lot of condos do is they'll say, OK, well, you can't have it on the common elements, but if you want to put it on your window or something, you know, that's fine. Like, I think there's just a little bit of back and forth as to what those proper conditions will be. It's assuming you don't have a rule, right? You could pass a rule that outlines all of the specific requirements as to where the signs can be and how big they can be and all of that kind of thing. Gotcha. But yeah, I would say generally reasonableness is good. <laughs> So, yeah, I think everybody should just, yeah. <laughs> I saw, I'll never forget it, like those big, there was a huge sign. The thing must have been, I, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you. It was probably 10, 12 feet sitting in front of one of the condo townhouses. And it's like, uh-oh, no, no, no. No, this, and it was on Common Element. It wasn't on the boulevard. It was on Common Element. I remember having to call the candidate and go, mm -mm, you got to move yeah. that. <laughs> so, Here's where I find it interesting. This happened to somebody I know that basically the, I think it was the federal election, they were told that their building was a voting site and they didn't have a choice. So they had to accommodate for people coming in and being in the lobby and allow strangers and everything to come in. And it was coming into the building. It wasn't like it was sitting outside at the front door. Is there anything condominiums or boards of directors or condominium managers can do about that? Or is it just too bad, so sad, you have to do that? Yeah, I, I haven't looked at the legislation. I would be surprised if there's much condo can do about it. I think you're primarily going to be looking at, you know, what are the restrictions that we can put in place? You're going to probably want some kind of either extra volunteers or security or something to make sure people aren't walking through the hallways and they're kind of limited to it's generally in the lobby area, unless you've got some other space, I guess, that you might want to use instead that you could, you know, discuss with them. But yeah, I, I'd have to look at it. I suspect there's not going to be much, right? I've lived in buildings where it, you've had that and it was yep. convenient for the people who live there. It wasn't real great to have a bunch of strangers in your lobby, but. Well, and I find it fascinating that they choose condominiums with no parking. So where's everybody parking? Like people yeah. are parking on the street. There was parking, you know, the whole entire visitor parking lot was taken, which is limited as we all well know. Yeah, it's it can be a bit of a challenge. So if they have to hire security, can the condo boards charge back <laughs> the government? Can they ask I doubt for it. a reprieve? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. And that's why I think, you know, I guess that's up to the board to make that determination whether they want to have security, but you might be able to get them to give you more volunteers, right? A lot of the polling yeah. stations have a lot of volunteers kind of standing around, even within, you know, ours is usually a school. So they usually have people at all the doors to make sure yes. you don't leave the gym or whatever it is. So you could probably get them to give you enough 
to do the same for your condo. <laughs> Who wants to wander around a school? What are you going to see? Classrooms, like, you know, yeah, know. <laughs> a condominium, you could see the pool. This is a thing. Yeah. You could go swimming, you could use their, you know, golf room or whatever else they've got. <laughs> the virtual reality golf room. Sit down, kick back, have a beer in the condo party room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that being a bit of a challenge. But yeah, so there isn't much choice. We don't, as a condominium manager or as a building, you are told this is going to be your polling station and end of story. But I guess you can work with them. And now I guess we don't know how that works. The property manager that I know it happened to, they just she just received a phone call and said, this is how this is going to work. We're going to set up at this time. We're going to take down at that time. Yeah. I've only had a couple of clients that have ever had that kind of phone call and they never asked me to challenge it for them. So I haven't looked into it, but I, I would guess based on my review of the legislation, there's not much you can do about it. I think it's really just, okay, let's, let's make the most of this and try yeah. to avoid it becoming a nuisance for our owners and things like that. And you're probably just going to send out lots of notices and try to, you know, address parking as best as you can. Yeah. Now that's voting day. What about pre-voting? Because you know it's two or three days, right? Like they could essentially set up in your lobby for two or three days if they so choose to. Could you fight that? Like could that be a nuisance of some sort? I think it's probably going to be the same. I don't know anyone that's had to do it for the advanced polling. I would assume they'd be more reasonable about advanced polling. Yeah, I think in advanced polling, at least in I live in Guelph, I would say here, there's only usually a few and it's usually a much larger space and they kind of just consolidate them all into those few spaces. So I'd be surprised if they used a condo for the advanced voting, but I guess it's it's possible. <laughs> I think they tend to use, and I, I'm also in Guelph, and they tend to use the rec centers, the recreational centers, yeah, or like a Legion or something like bigger where it, there's a lot more parking. It's not intrusive to anybody. It's not a like a home or like you said, a condo where it could be intrusive. Michelle, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and talking. I know you're quite busy these days, especially with the conference. And we'll talk more about the conference as time goes on throughout these podcasts. But I appreciate your time. Thank you. No problem. Anytime. Thank you for listening. Tune in for the next podcast where we're going to talk about how to keep boards of directors happy. Is that possible? We'll see. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please make sure to leave us a five-star review on your podcast streaming app of choice as it only helps promote the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing episode. So stay tuned. We will see you then.